Amen. We are in a series on the book of Acts, looking at how Luke records for us, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the history of the early church, but particularly not just the history, the spread of the gospel throughout the known world at the time. Tim Keller writes in his study on the book of Acts, he says this, Luke's great theme is not simply the history of the early church, but the history of the mission of the early church. He does not give us a complete description of all the dimensions of the life of the primitive church, but he's primarily interested in showing us the spread of Christianity, how it broke through barriers of all sorts to change lives, families, cities, and peoples. And we continue in that journey today in our city as God equips us by His Spirit to advance the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, that Luke separates out three stages of the spread of the gospel. He does it in three stages by ending each stage with this same refrain. We'll see the first here on the screen. It's um, Acts chapter 6, so the Word of God spread. Acts 12, 24, the Word of God continued to spread. Acts 19, the Word of God spread. The first six chapters are the spreading of the gospel throughout Jerusalem. Then the next few chapters, spreading the gospel through different cultures. And then the final few chapters, the spread of the gospel geographically to the known world, and particularly Paul goes to Rome. And in each of these stages, the gospel moves beyond where it had been into new territory through what theologians and historians called turning points, key moments in the life of the church that God used to push forward the spread of the gospel. It could have been the martyrdom of Stephen. It could have been restructuring the staff leadership in Acts chapter 6, if you read that. But there was all sorts of persecution and events in the life of the church that God used as a turning point to advance his gospel. And as we come out of COVID in this season, if we come out of the last 18 months, this is a turning point. A turning point with all the stresses and challenges that we continue to face and the new landscape that we're walking into and the cultural questions that we now have, where people feel what's going to happen to the church, what's going to happen to the gospel, and particularly in our city, well, if we read the book of Acts, we see that God uses these moments as turning points to advance His gospel, to advance His mission in the church. Today, Ash and I and the rest of the team want to huddle together and kind of go behind the curtain, so to speak, and look at the inner workings of vintage to see how God is equipping us and fueling us in this season of a turning point to advance the gospel in this next season in LA. We have been through a big turning point in the life of the church. The last 18 months has been very difficult and it really is, as you look back, I think the Lord is using this as a turning point for the church to come out of COVID into a new season, whatever that is. God's in control, and He's using it to advance His gospel. But we want to take a minute right now to go answer three questions as we huddle together as a church family this morning to answer three questions. How are we doing? What have we learned? And then what's next? How are we doing? What have we learned? And what's next? How are we doing? Exhausted. How are you? I don't know about you, but 
I remember reading in the survey that we've just done for a few of our vintage members, one person wrote this, I do look forward to coming back to church in the near future and seeing who's still there. It feels like we're emerging, isn't it? And we're checking in with each other and how are you and who's still around? Just a bit of a personal update uh, from, about me. Um, it's been a tough year. I was saying to my wife this last year, one of the toughest years ever. We had so many storms, like you've seen that film, The Perfect Storm. So many storms, like you have had, financial, health, um, employment, uh, kids at home the whole time. Uh, and then we had health issues. I got COVID, I don't know about you, but it wasn't fun having COVID. And also the stresses of our culture, the stresses of the tragic killing of George Floyd and the, the mask, do you remember the election? It's all these things. It's been a very traumatic year. But as we come out of this together, the theme that has really struck me is God is faithful. God is faithful. God's been faithful to us and our family as we're coming out of this tough season. And as we look at the church, God too has been faithful to us as a community. We're much smaller than we used to be. People have left the city and people have uh, discovered the tax-free shores of Austin and Nashville and they've, they've moved away to other parts of... Some have left involuntary and employment and financial. I know some people have contacted us with... I, I, sadly, I had to leave employment-wise and I'd love to come back, but I'm not too sure I can. Some people are joining us online from around the country who are part of our family, but they've been displaced because of being unable to stay in LA. And I think also we've lost people as the tensions and the issues of what do you do about masks? What do you do about in-person? What do you do about the election? What do you do about racism? What do you do about all the things? Uh, and prayerfully as a board and as a team, we try to follow Jesus in all these things. And we've seen how some of those things are polarizing. And so I think we've lost some people there who've disagreed with what we're trying to do and just being faithful to the gospel, being faithful to Jesus. And so it's been a tough year for that. We're smaller, but praise the Lord, God has really cared for us in this season. We took some decisions early on as a life of the church where we would consolidate our community and prepare for what we thought was the storm ahead. We, uh, out of necessity, we had to close our uni high campus up the road. Uh, the blessing of that, of course, is uh, pastor Ash came on board here as our associate pastor, which is very exciting. So uh, Ash is part of, with myself, leading the church here. And we don't have a green light from the Spirit right now to reopen Uni High, so that's going to remain closed. And we're just trying to follow what we feel the Spirit is saying. And so that's going to remain closed. We did also financially, oh, before we get there, the Vintage Network, we had and we planted two churches just before COVID. We planted Vintage Malibu, Vintage Pasadena, and by God's faithfulness and grace, they have thrived during COVID, which is really exciting. It's been hard, but they're doing well, and they've actually grown as well, which is very exciting. Uh, we've shrunk here, but they've grown, so uh, they're much better leaders, clearly. <laughs> and, uh, but it's exciting to see young churches survive well. And our finances have, praise the Lord, been solid. We uh, were able to keep the doors open and keep the lights on. We took the decision early on to cut our expenses by 30% as we entered into lockdown way back over a year ago now. And praise the Lord, we were able to stay financially in the black. We've only lost about 20% financially this last year as people have left the city. 
And so we're so thankful that Vintage continues to be a debt-free church and continues to be a church that is a giving church, giving away 10% and investing in mission across the city and our partners uh, sharing the gospel in the city. So we're thankful for you, your generosity in the tough times, your continued support and in it together as a church family. Our board and staff have been amazing the last year. Many say, how are the board doing? How are the staff doing? Um, I would say coming out of COVID, and that kind of we are emerging slowly, our staff, I couldn't be prouder of our staff. They've just been so amazing and pivoting so many times to online. Are we meeting in person? Are we doing this? We weren't geared up to be an online community, so scrambling to do all that kind of stuff. And then the quality of what we were able to do online to minister to one another, particularly in our you know, kids and our youth programs, just unbelievable. And uh, Ruth and the, the mission team leading our kind of social justice across the city. Our production team and worship team putting everything online. Um, they've been absolutely phenomenal. And so what I'm going to do, if you're on staff, could you just stand? And we want to say thank you to all that you've done. If you're on staff, stand up. There's Ash and Mary at the back. Just been phenomenal in all that they've done. And also our board leading... If you're in any leadership position in any area of life, this year has been really hard. And so leading the church has been hard as well. And I'm so thankful we have a board of directors who are not on staff, part of the community here. And they've been so supportive and helpful and been so busy to try and help Ash and myself lead and the team. And so you don't see their work. They're secretly working behind the scenes supporting me, listening to me, rebuking me, all those wonderful things. Um, but no, they've been absolutely brilliant. And so if you're a board member here, I'd love you to stand. I see one. It may just be you. But yeah, just stand and say thank you to Laura. And no other board members here right now. Thank you, Laura. Laura's offered any really difficult question, go ask Laura. That's, uh, that's the real blessing. But in all of this, God has been so faithful that we as a church family are coming out of COVID, we're financially healthy. Um, yes, we've lost a lot of people and we're seeing kind of who's left and who's around, but we really feel God's presence has been with us as we move forward together as a community. Secondly, what have we learned? I'm gonna to touch briefly on this now because we're gonna go into these a lot in depth in the months ahead. But what have we learned? There was, in the survey that we did recently, someone wrote this, the worst thing that Vintage could do is just try to flip back to normal and kind of sweep things under the rug, so to speak, because honestly, that is forever changed. And they're so right. We are emerging out of COVID into new dynamics that we want to respond to, these turning points that we think God will use to advance the gospel. I've got six, there's lots more, but I've got six that I'm praying through that will shape our life ahead as a community. The first is this, I think we have a slide. We are living in a new cultural moment. There's a clash of cultures going on. We all knew the themes of postmodernism, post-Christianity, pluralism, etc. Um, but now we've seen it more than ever that our society is divided around the clashes of these separate cultures. So we need to speak into this, we need to learn from each other, we need to see how the gospel can advance in this new environment. You know it's a, a whole new different environment because so much of the debates and discussions and the disagreements over the last year 
have been confusing and disorienting because you're listening to someone say their belief and you go, I, I don't agree, but more concerningly, I don't understand how you get there. I know you're bright, I know you're intelligent, I know you love Jesus, but I just don't know how you even got to that conclusion. And that shows us, as sociologists and theologians are pointing to, that actually people are starting from such a fundamentally different place, that the architecture of truth, how we build our ethical and moral worldview and our view of what is reality and normative is now coming from such a different place that when we meet and talk about it, we just don't understand each other. So we have to actually look and go, okay, Lord, how in this moment do we follow you faithfully? And how do we work together in this? Secondly, there's a deep hunger for real in-person church. Many people have to continue online, and we love you guys, and I know you're not able to come back in person yet. But I think what the last 18 months has shown is that online doesn't cut it. We are communal creatures we are made in the image of the Trinitarian God where relationship is the, the water or the air in which we breathe, right? And so we want to, we'll move forward with an online presence, but that online presence is going to be complementary to, not in replace of, in-person gatherings. Online is going to continue, but in some shape or form where it will add to what we're doing in person. And so we're looking for real and authentic. I think all the hype of church all the fake of church. There's been too many scandals for us to think, you know what, churches, this church veneer has to go. And so I think that real authentic hunger for church is not just a desire, but it's a necessity. Thirdly, deeper discipleship in tough areas. So we've seen on display that the church is kind of chaotic around issues of race, politics, truth, conspiracy theories, abuse of the prophetic, gender, and sexuality. This last year has revealed the lack of discipleship in these areas, where the loudest voice hasn't been, what does Jesus want us to do, but it's, what do I want? And so we will embark on, because we love the Word and we are followers of Jesus, we want to be disciples of Jesus. So we're going to enter into some of these theological reflections, not around what does Gare think or what Ash thinks, but around what Jesus thinks. Some, lots of people this last year have said, but yeah, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I go, that's such an odd question because this isn't Garyanity. <laughs> it's Christianity. And so we want to do the hard work to go, what does Jesus think? And then we each have to make up our own minds if we want to follow him or not. But we can't impose our agenda upon him. So in humility and in hard work and in theological reflection, we're going to disciple in these areas over the, in the next coming season. And so that'll be fun. And then fourthly, pursuing diversity. We've always been a church passionate about diversity, but this last year has showed us that social justice and diversity is something to be pursued with passion. And so we have a diversity team. Uh, we assembled uh, over the summer, and we've made great strides in, and will continue to make great strides in discipleship and teaching around these matters. We did the third option course, which was fantastic. We're going to have that as a regular course. We're doing walking tours of LA as soon as the COVID restrictions lift, where we've got people in our church who are going to do walking tours of the ethnic communities and the history and the trauma of our city in these areas that we can learn and understand. We, uh, Ted Chen, if you know Ted, part of our team here, 
He is leading our relationship cultivation with churches of color across the city. So right now, he's actually gone to Tapestry LA, which is an Asian American church uh, in Hollywood area that we are building a strong relationship with. We're also building one with Faithful Central and building one with Renew LA and a Latino church as well. So we're excited to build relationship that we can do mission together, worship nights together, and serve and pray for one another. And obviously on our staff, on our board, um, and in everything we do, we want to cultivate a rich diversity, male and female and people of every color. That is the beauty of the kingdom of God. And so we cherish that diversity. And so we are working as much as we can towards that aim. Fifthly, accelerated deconstruction. This last year has accelerated the deconstruction trend where Christians raised in church are rethinking and questioning their faith in a deep way that many of them are abandoning their faith. And so we are going to respond to that and find, help people, particularly through Alpha and other ways, how to rethink and question your faith in view of stuff that's really deeply disappointing sometimes in the life of the church that actually you can find Jesus without abandoning, about, without abandoning the truthfulness and the beauty of Jesus Christ. And then finally, number six, we love Los Angeles. We love Los Angeles. We are an incarnational people, and this last year has shown us that God has placed us in a city to bring light into the darkness. That we're not a a geographic community just huddling and doing worship services. We are called to this city to get into the shadows and the cracks and the crevices and bring the light of Jesus Christ. And when I say we love Los Angeles, that doesn't mean we love it like we love our favorite ice cream. But we love it as Jesus loved us. Whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That we are called to love to fill our hearts with the love of the Father for our city, that we are called to be here, to love, to serve, to witness, to get involved, to roll up our sleeves. That's why God sends his people here. So many people have left the city for other reasons, and we love them, and if you're elsewhere, we love you, and we miss you, but the remnant are here. And you've been called and shaped here, and that's what over the next six months We're going to continue to lean in to being an incarnational people, followers of Jesus for the sake of the city. And what does that mean? So that's a bit of an overview. And Ash is now going to come and give us specifically, okay, what's next for our church family? Thanks, Gare, so much. As Gare has said, uh, we don't want to go back to normal. We want to step into the new. And it falls upon every generation to reimagine how to live out the gospel in their context and we have new challenges and new opportunities to do that so the next season is going to be a season of reconnecting the theme of the next few months is going to be reconnect i'm going to give us just a quick broad brushstroke of some of what's going on in the life of our church to sort of whet your appetite so the invitation is to reconnect with god the invitation is to reconnect with the church and the invitation is to reconnect with each other just take a moment Turn around, look around at the body of Christ. If you're in the front, turn around. Smile with your best smiling eyes. We are going to learn to re-engage in community life, to reconnect with each other, God, and the church. From Sunday, June the 20th, in line with city guidance, there will be no more need for masks for those who are vaccinated in church. 
<laughs> Thank you, Lord. Oh, I can't tell you what a relief that will be to see your beautiful and wonderful smiles. On June the 6th, we'll be going to in-person V-Kids at both the 9 and the 10.30 services. There'll be a regular pattern of communion. Monthly communion we'll be doing. We'll be doing baptisms again. Our V-Youth will be continuing to meet in person and record numbers of youth are going to our summer rock and water camp. Our services, as Gary said, will continue to go online for our online community. And lastly, we want to encourage you, if you're not part of a team, to join a team. It's the best way to accelerate your sense of becoming part of the community here at Vintage. We've got a really exciting summer calendar of reconnect events. There should be a slide that's going to come up behind me for that. Look with me at this slide. On June the 10th, we have a parent social with Pastors Gare and Sarah Remez, our new families director, and our families team. So if you're a family, we want to invite you to come to that. We have, on June the 16th, our Kingdom Come. We had the most extraordinary Kingdom Come last week. Was anyone there for Kingdom Come last week? It was such an amazing night as God poured out his presence, brought healing, and filled us afresh with a sense of his presence. Wonderful evenings, Kingdom Come. On June the 29th, we have a community outdoor movie night. On July the 6th, an evening with Dr. Henry and Tori Cloud for married couples. On July 13th, we're doing a Heart of Dating social and forum hosted by the incredible Kate Warman. On July the 20th, we have a men's night out with pastors Gare and Ash. Come on. Listen, if you haven't come out with Gare and I for a night out, you haven't lived. <laughs> I may have oversold that. Um, July the 21st, we have another kingdom come. And on July 27th, we have a vintage women's evening with the wonderful and beautiful Lizzie Jones and Sibs Meany. <laughs> There's no competitiveness between us whatsoever. On August the 3rd, we have an all-community social night. All of these details will be coming out, so don't worry, and they're on our website now. For the next season, we believe God wants to bring healing, renewal, and refreshment to his church. As for me and my house, you know, start with us, Lord. So for our fall theme, it's going to be healing in community. We're going to be doing an emotionally healthy spirituality course which helps us to kind of just prayerfully slow down, take a deep breath, unplug from all the sort of chaos of LA life, and allow God access to those places that need healing and restoration in our hearts and emotions. We'll be doing an alpha course with an emphasis on those who found themselves doubting or asking questions about their faith, deconstructing their faith. We also want to encourage you, if you're new to vintage and you've never done an in-person alpha, Join us for this Alpha. It's fundamental to who we are. It's part of our core DNA. And we're going to continue to reach out to the unchurched in our city with the love of Christ. We'll be doing a rooted discipleship course. As Gare has already said, we'll be doing some deeper theological reflection on all that's happening, some difficult contemporary issues that we're facing in our culture. And lastly, during the COVID lockdown, we were able to renovate our prayer chapel. And that's going to be open and launched for private prayer and group prayer. We are going to be praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And when we think we've done praying, we're going to be doing some more praying. 
So we're going to have some prayer meetings. We're going to be doing a prayer walk. We're going to be doing a, a healing prayer retreat in the fall. So our invitation, our invitation is to lean in to what God is calling us to do in this next season. Individually, for you to lean into God's presence, to get as close to Jesus as you possibly can and allow him to do all that he wants to do in you and through you. And then for us to do that as a community. So that's our invitation for you over the next few months. Our invitation is to lean in and join us. We're excited. Yeah. So let's reconnect this summer. Come to the socials if they fit you. Come to the socials. And then in the fall, let's heal together. EHS or Alpha, let's heal together. But God is equipping us for this next season. And it's going to be together. So we'd look forward to that. The final question is how are we going to get there? What do we need to do to move forward? And if you know me well, or even not very well, you know I always have a plan, a strategic action plan, and I have one for the next 25 years at Vintage. But that's not what this is about. Because the main thing, the only strategy really, comes in John 15, where it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. Jesus invites us to remain in him, to move forward in him, to center our lives in him, to anchor our lives in him, to put our hope in him. And that's why as we come to communion, this is a central practice of our church and we've missed it so much. Because it's as we take communion as a regular practice in our community, we recalibrate our lives, our story, our hopes, our pain around Jesus Christ. It's as we take of the body and the blood, we're reminded of this community is a community of grace. That we are only here because we needed rescue by his body and his blood. Communion reminds us that we are in his story that we're all other stories that we live in, our success, our ambition, our family, our finances, all of these other stories actually are beneath the bigger story of who he is and what he's called us to do, to renew this world, to heal this world in his name. Communion reminds us that he is with us as we receive the body and the blood. We're reminded that he promised that in these elements, by his Holy Spirit, he is with us. And that's not just as we partake of the elements, there is a special mystery there, but we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is Pentecost Sunday. And communion reminds us that we're not alone. And finally, communion reminds us that we're not individuals, but we're a family. That this is a family meal. That Jesus gathered his disciples and he took the bread and the body, the body and the blood, and he broke them for his family. And that when we come together, it reminds us that we are one. This becomes the central element, the central practice of the community of Christ, particularly when we move into uncharted territory. And we don't kind of know what the next season looks like. But in any uncharted territory, and whether you're going into unknown territory, but certainly as a church we are, the church has always in those moments decided, let's take communion. 
Let's center this unknown season. Let's, let's center this turning point in Jesus Christ. And I'm reminded of one man who did that in particular. Of a turning point in the, hum, in the human race. Happened in October 1917. You'll know it well. His name was Buzz Aldrin. And in the lunar module, before they opened the door to go out and have that famous moonwalk, Buzz Aldrin had thought, and he wrote this, he said, I wondered if it might be possible before we walked to take communion on the moon, symbolizing the thought that God was revealing himself there too. And as man reached out into the universe, for there are many of us in the NASA program who do trust that what we are doing is part of God's eternal plan for humanity. He was therefore allowed to take up to the moon some small, lightweight personal items. And here's a picture of his little bag that he took up. It says, this lunar module carried a personal property kit, carried my personal belongings to Tranquility Base on Apollo 11, including communion kit. And he said, before they went out and walked in this new season, they started to take communion and he read this verse. And he took it up with him. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for you can do nothing without me. I thought what a beautiful reminder that whenever we're entering into a whole new season, the only thing we need to do is anchor ourselves in Christ. And there's no better way than right now as, as a church family as we move forward together to anchor ourselves in Christ and together we are able to declare in communion, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit for you can do nothing without me. Let's stand together. I'd love you to take your communion and ask, could you bring me one? Oh, here we go. Thanks, mate. If you're new to Vintage and haven't taken communion with us, we do so in a participatory way because it's a family meal. It reminds us that we are anchored in Christ, but this is a family meal. So there's words on the screen that I say and you say. So you'll pick it up as we go along. But these are words that the church have been saying for centuries to prepare our hearts for what we do. And so let's go for it together. The Lord is here. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through Christ your Son, our Lord, and grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, that on the night he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and gave thanks. He gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks and he gave it to them and said, drink this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And therefore we confess our faith together saying, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And therefore, Heavenly Father, proclaiming His saving death and resurrection and looking forward to His coming again in glory, we celebrate with His bread and His wine, His one perfect sacrifice. 
except through him, our great high priest. This, our sacrifice of thanks and praise, and as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we pray, Holy Spirit, this Pentecost Sunday, you would renew us and fill us again. Inspire us and equip us and unite us as the family of Jesus Christ. And together, as his family, we pray the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So draw near by faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Let's all take this and open up the bread part first. It's gluten-free for those who need that. Let's hold this up and together the body of our Lord Jesus Christ give him for you. Turn the cup over. This is grape juice for those who are wondering. Take, peel off, try not spill. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. Let's just close our eyes. And so Jesus, we receive your presence. We receive your grace. And in all things, we abide in the vine. We abide in you. As we come to worship you now, let our hearts be filled once again with the presence and hope of Jesus Christ.